630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Oil Kings. Just getting underway at Rogers Place against Brandon tonight. Calgary and St. Louis about to start in the NHL. Sabres and Senators. 2-2. 13 and a half minutes left in the third period. And the Raptors lead Atlanta 70-58, two and a half minutes into the third quarter. Vince Carter playing for Atlanta. Another return to Toronto for him uh, has played eight minutes and has uh, ten points. But he's not being used a lot tonight. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Just want to get to another Zach Cassian clip here. Uh, I asked him today with the NHL telling you when you were suspended that those hits by Kachuk were legal. Does that change your approach to body contact? Well, a little bit, right? It's uh, definitely, I was a little surprised, but like I said, you guys are throwing twists and turns and building it up. I thought what happened on the ice, I handled it for the most part. I got punishment. That's that. Obviously, we don't like each other. Obviously, if if Kachuk has the puck and I can hit him clean, I'm not going to pass on it, right? That, but that's the game of hockey. I don't think anyone is going to pass on a hit if you can, especially in the in the, in the the Battle of Alberta when teams don't like each other. But uh, it's the game of hockey. It's going to be intense. But like I said, multiple times, the two points is very important for us. And uh, we play Calgary two of the next three games, and they're important points. He uh, did say that multiple times, that it is all about the two points tomorrow against the Flames. And there are valuable two points. This would be a game with a lot of hype around it, even if not, even if we didn't have everything that happened between Kachuk and Cassie in last game and in the past. Like I said, the two teams both with 57 points. Calgary does play tonight. And Rob Brown, former NHLR inside the game analyst on 630 Chet, is on the line. Rob, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. It, it, this is odd for us to go a week and a half without working together during the year. How are you doing? How's your, how was your trip? You went to New it, York. It was awesome. My son and I went to New York City. We saw couple musicals we saw hamilton which was incredible we saw the raptors beat up on the knicks uh we did new york good it was fun we really enjoyed it but now i'm broke and I have to come back to work so <laughs> looking forward to going to an order game tomorrow night i mean I, I know you've you've been to multiple sporting events and you've got to live around canada and the united states but how did you enjoy seeing the nba game in new york it was cool i i, I played in chicago and saw i don't know 20, 30, 40, 50 Chicago Bulls games in their heyday, and it was awesome. I'd never watched an event at Madison Square Gardens. It is really cool. It's neat how you get into it right off the main drag there. It's, uh, it, it's well organized. It was like you walk up, there's escalators everywhere. It was neat, and then just being part of the, the atmosphere, uh, our seats were incredible. Like We were in the second tier, but great view, and they've done... There's a reason that... Uh, MSG is as famous as it is, and it was really cool being down there and seeing the Raptors. A lot of Toronto fans were, well, Toronto Raptor fans, a lot of Canadians down there watching the game and, and seeing the Raptors win. So it was a pretty cool experience to share with my son. All right. Well, I think we're going to have a cool experience tomorrow night, a very meaningful game, a lot of hype around this game between uh, 
Edmonton and Calgary. John Scott was on the show in the last half hour, Rob, who uh, played a very specific role in his National Hockey League career. Are you talking about all-star John Scott? All-star MVP John Scott, yeah, That's from, right. from mm-hmm. two or three years ago. Well, I guess a little longer than that. Uh, he said, that he, he, you know, when he watched that game from the 11th, he said the first hit was the worst hit. He said uh, Cassian has to go after him. And he said Matthew Kachuk will, will not fight Zach Cassian. He doesn't expect anything in uh, the fisticuff department from Kachuk tomorrow night. Uh, there's so many different perspectives on this. It's it's such a great, it's a great talker. And I, and I mean, look, I'm not, so, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but, you know, aggression and violence sometimes is, is part of hockey. But I don't, I don't think we're going to see anything crazy tomorrow, personally. Well, I, I don't think we are at all. I think usually when the hype is built as big as it is, then it's, it, it comes out as a whimper. Uh, both teams have been talked to. Uh, you know, Peros is going to be at the game making sure that nothing gets out of hand, and if anything does, he's going to have a first, first-hand look at it and be able to, to deal out suspensions much quicker. Uh, the game's too important. I mean, even in the game where, you know, everything happened and Cassian jumped, Kachuk, even after the game, Dave Tippett said he wished that Cassian would have taken a number and, and settled it differently or at a different time. Because those were an important two two points, and the power play goal was the game-winning goal. Uh, the game tomorrow night, uh, the Oilers are still in a playoff race, and they're battling for a division title. You know, there's slight possibility of a conference title, but they're certainly sick in the playoff race. This is an important two points. You can't waste it trying to get your retribution. And in reality, I mean, Cassian did. He, he you know, he beat him up, made him look stupid, and. Over the last two weeks or whatever it's been since then, Kachuk's taken a, a ton of beating on his on his pride um, in the media, in social media. So to me, if Cassian has an opportunity to hit him clean and hard, he'll do that. But anything more than that, I wouldn't expect. And if I'm the Calgary Flames, I'm I'm telling Kachuk, don't fight, don't fight Cassian. Cassian is big and strong and mean and can fight. If they get into a fight and square off. Cassian could hurt Kachuk. And Kachuk is as good as any player on the Calgary Flames. He's in their top two, top three players. If they lose him for any amount of time down the stretch because he got into a fight, that would be critical to the, to the Calgary Flames playoff chances. So if I'm the Calgary Flames, I'm not, I'm not like Kachuk fighting. That would be silly because he's going to get beat up. Well, I mean, he's, and that's the thing. He's a great player. And when you and I did overtime open line after that game, we had a lot of Oilers fans saying, I hate him, but man, what if we would have drafted him? I had a caller <laughs> saying that earlier tonight. I mean, he's gets, you know, he's probably going to be just below a point a game player over the course of his career. So that's, 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 that's pretty valuable. Yeah. I, I, I just think that it, the, the tension is fun. The buildup is fun. But a lot of times when you think something is going to happen, it doesn't. Maybe if the game gets out of hand, and I know that's often your philosophy, if you are a player looking to kind of get back at somebody. Yeah, and the, the, the used to be when the game got out of hand, it would get ugly. Uh, but they didn't have video cameras in 100 different places in the arena. They only had one ref. Nowadays, if the game gets out of hand, uh, if you do anything stupid, you're going to be suspended. And... Uh, if, if someone like a Cassian 
or if you just look at the players that are, can play with that edge, a Darnell, Darnell Nurse or someone like that does something to get themselves suspended. Again, that doesn't help the team. When things, when there's usually a big buildup, you don't see it happen. It's uh, a February game two years later where all of a sudden you like, hey, remember that time? Well, now's the chance that I'm going to get to, to get even with you or, or set the record straight. So I wouldn't expect anything other than a hard-fought game. The Calgary Flames, no, they cannot take dumb penalties against the others. Taking dumb penalties, taking any penalties against the others guarantees a loss. The Oilers' power play is too good. It wins games on its own. So the, the Calgary Flames aren't going to do anything stupid. And the Oilers, the, the importance of this game, this is a stretch run now. And it's almost like playoff hockey for the remainder of the season. You want to get off to a good start because they had that break. Uh, they don't want to lose that momentum. You don't want to go into this game, start running around, uh, taking numbers, trying to, to settle scores, and find yourself on the wrong end of a, a 6-2 hockey game because you put yourself in the penalty box all night. So I, I think it'll be a, a very physical game, clean. I think it'll be a fast-skating fast type game. And I think it'll be an entertaining game because here we are coming into the beginning of February with two teams that are battling for the division lead here in Alberta. It's been a long, long time since that's happened. So to me, that's why this is a fun battle of Alberta. All the other stuff is just kind of a sideshow. The fact that these two teams are good right now is what's important to me. And I hope it stays this way. I mean, right now, if the playoffs started, Calgary and Edmonton in the first round play each other. Yeah. How great would that be? That, well, that, that'd be awesome. And, and if, this ev- is, if this is ever going to build to something like we saw when we were younger and a, and a couple generations of fans haven't seen, it's going to be on the backs of playoff series. And I think that's... I, I would hope, Rob, that even if this Kachuk casting thing had never happened that the Oilers were simply 0-2 against the Flames without all of this, that we would be talking about the Oilers having an aggressive mindset, finishing their body check. Somebody texted in saying the Oilers, they got to lean on, you know, Goudreau and Monet. Well, they should do that anyway. And, and perhaps the, wor- the worst example, probably the Oilers' worst game of the year, was, was not the one they lost in Calgary, was the one they lost to the Flames here on December 27th. I mean, talk about a game where they didn't initiate anything. They just lay oh, back and got steamrolled. You're right. That was one of their worst games of the season. And yeah, I know it's funny. I've heard a number of media people talk about it. We've had it on our, our call-in shows. The others have got to go after Goudreau, and they got to go after Monaghan. they got to go after Lindholm. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know, that has nothing to do with Kachuk. If you're going to beat the, the Calgary Flames, you got to hit their best players. Hit them clean. Don't take dumb penalties. And then we've had people that have talked about, you know what, if Kachuk doesn't fight you, you go out and do something dirty to a Goudreau. Well, you do that, then all of a sudden the Flames are going to come do something dirty to Connor McDavid. So that doesn't make sense either. To me, simple. Go out and, and play hard, play physical, and win a hockey game. At the end of the night, when you're standing out the, in the middle of the ice and you're raising your sticks because you won, that's how you get even with a team. The Detroit Red Wings for years had no one that could fight on their team during the, the, the Datsuk team. They weren't a fighting team. When you did something stupid, they would go and score on the power play, and they'd beat you. That's how you get even in hockey games, by beating the other team. All right. L- long break here for the Oilers. The, the Flames are playing right now. I put it on the tube here. Six minutes in. Oh, the Blues just scored. So 14-15 left in the first. St. Louis uh, just scored. I didn't pick up who tapped it in, but the Blues go ahead, one nothing. So you're, you're back after this long break. They have practiced three times. Um, 
are you con- are you concerned about that that layoff affecting the game pace? And does even though it's a back to back for Calgary, is that an advantage that they're back at it tonight and playing again tomorrow? The team that play first will have an advantage. The Calgary Flames will have a slight advantage in the game because they they do have their their feet under them. You're, they play, they're going to be rusty. Any player that gets a, that misses that much time, especially and Tippett talked about the fact that a number of the players hadn't been on skates, they're going to be rusty early in the game, first period, first period and a half. The first couple games after the break won't be as good as game 10 and 11. Where you have a huge advantage is, you know, 15, 20, 25 games from now, you're going to be much more rested going into the playoffs because of this break. But uh, going into the, the game, yeah, the others will be a little rusty. Flames will have a bit of an advantage. But uh, a bounce here, a break there, and that all evens out. So... I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think the emotion and adrenaline of an important game at this point of the season will certainly push the Oilers past any restiness they have. The Oilers do get Benning back after he played three games for the Bakersfield Condors, Archibald and Shane with some good games before the break. Uh, maybe it's one of those guys, maybe it's somebody else. Besides Cassian or the obvious candidates like McDavid and Dreisaitl, which Oiler do you think could really have an impact tomorrow night or, or do you just like his form lately? Um, obviously, the, the Oilers getting depth scoring has been huge as of late. It, it makes a difference in games. Uh, have they announced his Kara playing tomorrow night? He, well, he might come in. It'll be him or Patrick Russell, probably. Well, if Kara comes in, he's got to make an impact. And, and it's, I mean, it might be in eight minutes of ice time, but he's a guy that could be a physical force. And I think the embarrassment of being a healthy scratch the last time these teams split, mate, played, missing a couple games, there's someone that you could like to see some juice from early in a hockey game. Being physical, getting in on four checks, setting the tone, uh, hard physical plays on a Giordano or, or someone on the back end for the Calgary Flames. So the Oilers have got some guys that are capable of being physical. If those players early in the game, just think how excited this crowd is going to be tomorrow night. And if somebody early in the game throws a big clean, a big hard hit, the the rink is going to be nuts. And I can tell you from experience, playing in an arena that is revved up and pumped and emotional is tough. And the Oilers are going to have to try and take advantage of that tomorrow night. All right. Rob, 6 o'clock face-off show tomorrow. The game is 8. I look forward to seeing you in Studio 99. Sounds good, Reed. That is Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst here on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network checking in. This is a fun build-up to this game. It is an important one, and as Rob said, everything else aside, it's it's playoff positioning and maybe all leading up to a postseason series between the Oilers and the Flames. Friday. Tickets still available for that game. All fans in attendance on Friday can enter to win Connor McDavid's game-worn sweater from that night. Also, you get a meet-and-greet with McDavid following the game. That's for the Oilers and the Blues on Friday. Rob, hanging on on line one. Rob, thanks for waiting through the break there. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Thanks. Love the show. Thank nice you. to uh, nice to have Rob Brown on. I, I like Brownie's comments. Uh, he makes a good point with the whole Kachuk thing. 
Uh, I think the Oilers, the best way to hurt the Flames is just to beat them on the scoreboard. And uh, if they can rack up some some goals against them, I think that'll be the uh, the ultimate embarrassment for them, especially when it's in our barn. Mm-hmm. And then just another note with uh, Jujar Kara, if he can't get up for tomorrow night's game and actually put in a good showing, I think the next two games or three games for him will be a telltale. Well, I, I, I expect him to play tomorrow. We'll, we'll see what the, the line combinations are going to be at the morning skate, but the combos they've kind of gone with the last few days indicate that, that he might be in. Man, the, there's something there with, with Kara, and, and look, I, I don't want to i got to be careful. I don't want to make it sound like I'm being one of those media guys that the team's having a good season and that we're, I'm trying to make a whipping boy for the team, but we haven't yep. seen him play to the level he played a couple of years ago and you see flashes of it but you don't see it consistently so i don't know if that's something a little mental i I don't know if that's confidence but i'm going to put it this way there's been nights he's been in the lineup where i haven't noticed him and there's been nights that he hasn't been in the lineup and i haven't noticed that he hasn't played right like even when even when archibald and shane missed a few games some nights I was sitting there thinking like, oh, man, I wish these guys were out on the penalty kill. But when Jujar hasn't played, I've been just as comfortable with Patrick Russell in the lineup. Well, and he and he can play a dominant force, especially in the corners. Like, you know, he's a big body. He can protect the puck and he can, you know, he can make plays. He's got a good, you know, soft set of hands. And if he can just play the way that we know he can, like you say, consistently, he can be a dominant force out there. But he's he's got to bring his game. Yeah, I think I think sometimes Jujar might not fully recognize what he's being asked to do for his role. Does that make sense? Yep. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I I hope he gets it together though. And I I mean I think his his, his teammates like him. Like I don't think there's anything bad about him as a as a guy or a teammate or anything like that. I I think he's just kind of got to figure out how to do it every night. Rob, thanks for calling. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks. You bet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the number to both call and text. Oh, guess who just scored for Calgary? Matthew Kachuk. It's one one. Nine twenty two left in the first period. Back after the news. the NHL 1-1 Calgary and St. Louis five and a half minutes left in the first period Senators leading Buffalo 4-2 in the last minute of the third so looks like Ottawa is going to win that one Oil Kings in action five minutes left in the first they are in a 1-1 tie with the Brandon Wheat Kings and the Raptors after three quarters lead Atlanta 97-83 tomorrow St. Louis will get a couple of days off They will be here on Friday to play the Oilers, and they will take in the Battle of Alberta between the Oilers and the Flames. Six o'clock face-off show here on 630 Ched, and the game will start at 8. Got a pretty special guest on the line here. 
He is the captain of the Arizona State hockey team, a former star in the AJHL with the Bonneville Pontiacs, defenseman Brinson Pasichuk. Brinson, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. It is good. good. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's good to have you on the line. I really appreciate you checking in. I actually got a, a tip from a listener named Jeremy that you might be a great guy to have on the show. So there you go. Jeremy from, from Glendon helping connect us. Oh, nice. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, t- tell me, this is your fourth year at Arizona State? Yes, it is. I'm a senior this year. And you're, and you're the captain of the team? Yeah, uh, me and Tyler Bush um, are co-captains. Now, I, I remember when Arizona State added a hockey team, and I think they kind of started as sort of a, you know, a team that didn't play actually in a league or games that counted, and then they became a, a full-on program. It's obviously not a traditional place for hockey. What is it like playing hockey at Arizona State? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's awesome. Like, I, I seriously can't wrap my head around the fact that you know every single player doesn't want to come to Arizona State and play Division One hockey for uh, an up-and-coming um, powerhouse. I mean, yeah, it's not your traditional place in college hockey, but um, I mean, we're we're showing we're showing the college hockey world that hey, you don't need snow to uh, be successful in this league. Um, so it's been awesome, man. I mean, school here is unbelievable. I mean, the hockey is just in awesome some of the best memories of my life here for sure so it's been a fun ride to say the least when you were recruited tell me a little bit about why arizona state was the school that you picked i know it was four years ago but tell me about that experience yeah Yeah, uh, originally i was committed to the university of vermont um but then when my older brother seen he was starting to get some starting to get some looks from uh division one programs and i just woke up one morning i was like man like I could play college with my brother. Like that's that's something that I would never forget, and I don't think I could ever, um, you know, turn down that opportunity. So uh, I decommitted from Vermont. And then uh, about a week later, we got a, a call from the head coach, Greg Powers at ASU. And, I mean, right right when he called, we we looked at each other and we're like, "That's the place we're going." I mean, we get to go here, and we get to build a culture from scratch. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's been, there's been some ups and downs in the first couple of years, but I think you're finally starting to see that culture uh, come into form, and, man, it's been fun. Well, the team's having a, a, a pretty good year. Are you guys ranked this year, or how are you doing? Yeah, we're ranked uh, 11th in the nation right now, so we're doing really good. Yeah, I'll say that's really good. Uh, you're the captain of the team. Uh, you're having a decent season yourself playing defense. Now, tell me about how this is working with the Hobie Baker, because you've been – You've been nominated, but right now there are a lot of nominees. So what can fans help you out a little bit, or how does this work? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, first round, there's 75 uh, nominees, and it's strictly fan voting. Um, So it's the fans who decide uh, who moves into the next round and the top 10 advance. And um, I think I just cracked the top 10 today, um, you know, just with incredible support from my hometown and um, just friends and family and uh, fans at Arizona State. It's, it, it's pretty special to see. You know, I'm so thankful um, God's given me this, this opportunity, one that I never thought would come up. But, um, yeah, just kind of seeing what happens. And like I said, uh, it's up to the fans. So I'm very grateful for all the votes. Okay, well, that's that's pretty cool. I'm sure you have a lot of people in the Bonneville area voting for you, eh? 
Yeah, honestly, I think uh, the whole whole town is. Uh, Brinson Pasichuk joining us tonight on Inside Sports, captain of the Arizona State hockey team, telling you a little about his uh, his, his his journey there. What kind of fan support do you get? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been awesome. I mean, my my freshman and sophomore years, my first two years here. Um, I mean, you could tell that the school um, didn't know too much about hockey. I mean, when when you would run into students on campus, and you know, they would say, oh, "I didn't even know we had a hockey team," but now it's a and it's growing huge. I mean, uh, you walk across campus and people are stopping you and saying, like, man, you guys are having a good year. Like, keep it going. So, I mean, we don't have the biggest rink in the world at ASU, but we sell it out every night. So it's a fun atmosphere to play in. Uh, can you tell us a little bit? Now, is, is it not true that your fiancé is, is an athlete there as well? Yeah, my wife, actually. We got married this summer. Oh, you already got uh, married. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a volleyball player. And is there, I just saw some things online, Brinson, so you'll fill in the blanks. Yeah. Do you have some kind of a unique engagement story you'd like to share? <laughs> um, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I guess uh, a lot of people don't know maybe that I'm you know, a big romantic kind of guy and a, a softy deep down. Um, so I, uh, I sent her on a little scavenger hunt um, and gave her a few clues and then uh, – her last, one of her last clues was um, leading her to uh, a place that um, we had gone on a date really uh, early on in our relationship, and it was on top of this mountain. So I, uh, I sprinkled rose petals all the way up uh, to the top of the mountain, and I was waiting up there. And, um, it was it's overlooking our, our whole campus, and you know I just told her that, hey, this is where this is where I fell in love with you, and this is where I'm going to ask you to marry me, and I got down on one knee, and thankfully she said yes. You are you are quite the romantic, Brinson. That might be the most romantic story we've ever had on Inside Sports. <laughs> oh, that's that's an honor. <laughs> where is she from? She's from Arizona, right in right in Tempe, so about ten minutes from the university. All right, and you said she plays volleyball. Yes, she does. So has she learned a lot about, or did she need to learn a lot about hockey and, and its culture? She did. She, uh, When I first met her, she really didn't know anything about hockey. I think she was at one hockey game in her life, but now she is um, one of the loudest fans in the rink. I mean, she, she loves it, and uh, she will not miss a home game. So it, it, it's pretty cool to see the uh, like how much she's taken like the love of the game and and I'm just such a great supporter for me and loves to see me play. Tell us what's coming up here for, for the team. We're, I guess we're creeping up on tournament time already. What, what do you need to do to get in? Yeah, I think we got, we got eight games left. Um, we're ranked 11th. So, I mean, being an independent conference, you don't get that uh, a conference bid if you win it. So we have to be ranked, I mean, I would say like top 12, top 13 will we'll pretty much lock you into um, – the tournament so we're at 11 right now so eight games left I, you know you don't want to lose any of those because you can get scary in the pairwise rankings you lose one game to a, a lower seeded team and you can drop three or four spots so yeah it's definitely a bit uh it has us on our heels but i think we play best with them like this what are you studying i am a social work major and I want to be a, a guidance counselor one day at a high school. Oh, good for good for you. Good for you. What kind of a player are you? How would you scout yourself? 
I would scout myself as, uh, you know, uh, definitely I love the offense. Um, I think I really prided myself on offense my whole career um, from the back end. But when I got to college, I, I soon learned that I, I needed to learn how to play defense. So the last couple of years, I've um, really focused on, you know, taking care of my own end um, while contributing offensively. And uh, I don't like to lose puck battles. So, you know, I, can, I would definitely consider myself a, a hard worker for sure. And uh, have you thought about, I, I hate to do this, but I got to ask, have you thought <laughs> about life after uh, Arizona State at all? Yeah, I have a lot. Um, there's definitely uh, definitely some interest from, from NHL teams. So um, that's the goal. That's the plan to sign after this year and uh, see what God has in store for me. All right. Well, and how often does your family get to come come watch you play or will they go to other locations in the States to see your games live? Um, the only time they go to other locations is like last year when we made the tournament. Um, but yeah, they come down usually three or four times throughout the season. So, so it's nice that they, I mean, they love coming to Arizona. Who wouldn't? <laughs> well, <laughs> Brinson, I, I'm glad you're enjoying life. This is, this is a really uh, cool story from Bonneville to playing at Arizona state. And uh, that, like I said, that's a really interesting hockey program. And as you've told us ranked 11th, so doing doing very well there in a short period of time which is pretty cool and uh any messages just for kids playing for the pontiacs or playing in the ajhl right now uh my message would just be i mean enjoy your time in juniors juniors is definitely the best one of the best times of your life i mean you don't have to worry about school or anything um but yeah just just cherish that time and show up to the rink every day and just love what you do. I mean, you never know when this game could be taken from you. So just show up, work hard, and, and be thankful for what you got. All right. Well, thanks for telling your story. All the best with the Hobie Baker voting. Obviously, if you win the thing, we're going to have to have you on the show again. So get, get <laughs> ready for that. that. <laughs> and, uh, and all the best with, uh, with the Sun Devils. We'll be following the team for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Really good to meet that young man, Brinson Pasichnuk from the Arizona State hockey team. He is the captain. He plays uh, defense and one of the guys that got the program going. And uh, now, so it's, I think I think there's 81 initial nominees for the Hobie Baker Award. And then there's also a, a fan vote online that helps determine who advances, uh, I believe, into the final 10. So you can give that a Google too. And you can vote for Brinson if you like. It is 3-2 St. Louis leading Calgary in the last minute of the first period. We're back after the break. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. game in a week and a half tomorrow head coach Dave Tippett how are you going to respond to the break I'm always concerned coming off a break especially you know we were going pretty good before the break so you're always concerned coming off we've had some good talks with our team we've had three good skates now so um, hopefully we're ready you know but there's you never know you're you know you got it's a different animal now with it's not get a couple days off and then you know, guys are in town with their families. Guys are all over the globe now for five days, you know. But 
it is what it is. They were in the same situation we were, and uh, come back. And you just have to recognize, I mean, there's, there's a lot of emphasis put on this game, but put on, like, we put a lot of emphasis on what we have to do coming out of the break to the end of the year to be a playoff team. And every game is important. Your division games are that much more important. You just have to look at the standings to figure that out. So um, we hope we play well with the rest. But coming out of the break, every coach has a concern that your team's going to get up to speed as quick as they can. All right, a little bit there from Dave Tippett. Of course, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist. The Oilers are 26-18-5, Calgary 26-19-5, and the Flames currently trailing the Blues 3-2 after the first period. 780-496-0063 to both call and text the show. Uh, Brian was listening to our interview with uh, Brinson Pasichnuk from the Arizona State Hockey Team. He said that would be like heaven, go to hockey practice and then go golfing right after. Be okay. Be okay. They got a pretty good team. I say it sounds like Brinson makes sure he goes to school as well, which is nice. Mentioned uh, some notes here from the uh, from the CFL. Oh, if you missed it yesterday, the Eskimos re-signing kick returner Christian Jones. He had some uh, okay games with the Edmonton Eskimos last season after being uh, acquired in a trade from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Matt Nichols, quarterback, released by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's expected to meet with the Argos tomorrow. Zach Kalaros, who, uh, what, last year started the year with Saskatchewan, got hurt in the second minute of the season, got traded to Toronto, never played, got traded to Winnipeg right at the end of the year, and then helped lead them to the Grey Cup. He re-signs for two years with the Bombers. Family obviously matters. I mean, it's probably the number one thing. Um, but, you know, from a football standpoint, you know, being in this building last year um, was, for me, like, kind of a reborn again kind of thing. Like, you know, having fun at work again. And, uh, you know, that's... You know, hats off to Kyle and, and Osh, you know, for building that culture. And then my teammates just for welcoming me. And then just being the, the people that they are, you know, they just want to win football games and uh, everybody understands their role. So, um, yeah, it was, again, it was a no-brainer from a football standpoint. Obviously, there's other factors that factor in, but um, this is also a job and you want to make a living. So you want to um, put yourself in the best situation um, to play well. And uh, we thought this was the place. All right, Zach Kalaros, uh, I've always liked him as a quarterback. Finally got his great cup as a starter with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer this evening. Kellen, what was the name of the dude that hey, won Reed. the Royal Rumble again? Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Yes. Not Daryl McIntyre, but no. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> that would have been cool if Daryl McIntyre yeah. would have won it. And who else? Uh, what, was this the one where there's 30 wrestlers all in the ring? Yeah. And they got to all Eventually. throw each other out? Yep. Oh, they're not all in there at the no, same time. No, they start with two, and then every 90 seconds they add somebody. So so how, what's the most that were in there at any one time? Uh, this year, seven, eight. I have to go back and watch it again to and, find and, out. And when did Drew enter the rink? 17. 17 out of 30. Yeah. So he was in there uh, about half an hour then? Yeah, about 34 minutes or so. And who was the last person he was in with? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Oh, see, see, that's more of a wrestling name. Yeah. Like it's it's not as uh, showy, perhaps, as some other names, but but now their names are all David Bryan and Drew McIntyre, so now it's gone from 
Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage to you just use a like a human name. Yeah, that's the who else refi- is big right now. That well, <laughs> Braun Strowman. That's a show. That's a showy. What's name. his name? Braun Strowman. His first name is Braun. 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 Yeah. Like B R A U N. Braun. Oh really? Yeah. Is that his real name? No. Okay. <laughs> of course not. Okay. Well, that's 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 kind of interesting, I guess. But Drew Mac, I still can't get over that. There's just a wrestler named Drew McIntyre. Would have somebody suggested you have to have a more menacing name, or did he just insist that he had to be Drew McIntyre? Yeah, I don't know. He's Scottish, so maybe that's intimidating. And oh, Scotland? he's Scottish. Yeah. So does he get to be the champion now? Uh, he gets to face Brock Lesnar for the championship. Oh, Brock Lesnar's the champion. Yes. Is that his real name? I would think so. Yes. Last I looked, at least. And now, so this was the Royal Rumble. Yes. Where was this held? Uh, Houston at Minute Maid Park. And, oh, did they steal any signs while they were there? There was a few inside, <laughs> or uh, I don't want to say off-color jokes about it, but it, there was a, a few jokes and puns made about that during the telecast. Yes. And now what's next? WrestleMania? Uh, WrestleMania's in April, yep. Are They've, you going? No, I'll be around town for it this year. And, sorry, where's WrestleMania? Uh, Tampa Bay. And is this where... Drew McIntyre is going to take on Brock Lesnar for the belt. Yes. So now we got to wait another three months. Yep. Oh, they the build the program, I don't build the match. I can handle the suspense. All the hype. How, how am I going to handle this? You're going to have to help me through it. Well, I'm here. Just, <laughs> just ring me. You got my number. All right. Quick uh, final look at the scoreboard. Senators beat the Sabres 5-2. St. Louis up 3-2 on the Flames after the first. The Oil Kings lead Brandon 2-1 after the first. And the Raptors up 124-104 to on Atlanta. Kellen, are we done at 57 or 58? 58? Oh, it is 57. Okay. All right, well, we're going to wind her down then. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. 6 o'clock tomorrow, face-off show. Oilers and Flames puck drop at 8 o'clock. Going to be fun. Thanks for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.